Hello everyone, uh, I'm Peggy Burke and I'm a student reporter at Morgan State University and today we're here with Kelly Quinn who's a volunteer organizer with the No Boundaries Coalition and Diamond Harrison who's a youth advocate at, and a graduate of the Baltimore Design School who has also served as the president of the No Boundaries Coalition. Um, so youth organizers. Youth organizers? Yes, No Boundaries Youth Organizers. Okay. So today we're following the midterms and we're talking to people in the community who have a strong interest in the outcome of today's election. Um, so Kelly, could you please tell us a bit about the No Boundaries Coalition? Sure. So No Boundaries itself is a um, resident-led organization in central West Baltimore that works on a variety of issues, including public safety, voting rights, food justice, and then also um, youth organizing. And um, Diamond was involved with the program for three years. Yeah. Um, we were first founded, the youth part of it was founded in 2015. And at that time we were part of Baltimore Youth Organizing Project. And in the past year, we rebranded ourselves and repositioned yeah. ourselves as No Boundaries Youth Organizers. Mm -hmm. Okay, and how did you get involved with the organization? Uh, someone invited me to go along to the meetings. Mm -hmm. I personally was really struggling um, as somebody in the city after the police killed Freddie Gray. I wanted to do something, and somebody invited me to come along to the meetings that at that time were held in a room at St. Peter Claver, and we met every Sunday for a year to work on um, problems in the community and trying to figure out how we can hold our elected officials accountable um, and ensure that they keep their campaign provinces. My role principally is to be a cheerleader for <laughs> our uh, my young neighbors and friends and a driver. I drive them <laughs> around the city. <laughs> um, sometimes I think of myself as their Uber driver, but largely as a cheerleader and mentor. More like a cheerleader and a mentor, not an Uber driver. <laughs> and Diamond, how did you get involved? Um, I did an interview. <laughs> I at first I really wasn't interested in politics, but I know that at some point in life, you know, you have to deal with politics. It's the way we go about everyday living. Um, so that was really the start. Filled out an application. They were like, Yeah. And it started from there. Um, we went through the process of learning the the council people and the committees and how that works and if you want organized people no how to organize people to get organized power and organize money and how you know everything falls and it has a domino effect ultimately you know with that being said I grew a love for it and I've been doing it ever since um, going back to what Kelly said I was going to ask how did Freddie Gray's death and the unrest that followed affect Mm -hmm. um, well, for for me personally, at that time, we had a mayor who called out our young people as being thugs, and I knew that that wasn't true because I just know teenagers, and I, I know that she was really wrong in that way. And so I was really angry, um, angry at the kind of ways in which young people especially were framed by the media, and I knew that there was more of a story behind it. And so that's part of what really drew me to this work and continues to keep me really committed to it. See, I'm not drawn more to issues, but to the problems at hand. So what started that? How how can we get the youth from on the streets and in on Pennsylvania Avenue and North from rioting and doing whatever 
the the mayor wants to say that we're doing and pr- prospectively what we are doing you know um how how did that start where how can we stop that and that that starts with activities after school um actually like being um mentally there in school and wanting to learn and wanting to be a part of other things that may be bigger than you you know what i mean not just worried about oh well since this happened i'm going to you know go back and make this happen if if that makes sense yeah it's like a domino effect so every cause have an effect and positive or negative is is going to happen you know what i mean so why not push and strive to have a positive outcome so one of the things that that um beop did at the time and now no boundaries uh youth organizers does is listen to young people and so maybe diamond you can talk a little bit more about the one-on-one listening campaign and the Mm -hmm. house meetings that you all conducted to get to to really understand what's at the heart of the issues and how how people can be more positive and off the street and the kind of ways in which rec centers really played a role in young people's lives and desires in trying to make the city work for them. Um, Maybe you heard Diamond talk about um, organized money and organized power. Um, For listeners who know Sal Alinsky's community organizing strategies, that's what we studied (laughs) was how to be a community organizer from the rules of radicals. Maybe the most famous community organizer in the past eight years has been Barack Obama. People like to use like community organizers, a dirty word, but the work that he did with the Industrial Areas Foundation is rooted in that project of um, of uh, community organizing. And we also worked a lot on asset-based community development. And so Diamond and the others in the group went around and conducted hundreds of one-on-ones yeah. and house meetings to take a temperature of, of what young people really wanted in the city. Okay, so I'm gonna go back to what you said about the house meetings, because you talked about a lot. All right, so a house meeting essentially is a group of people, um, I say five or more, right? You sit down and you start off with like an icebreaker, something simple, just to get everybody comfortable. Because when you first get into a circle with people that you really don't know, you know, you, you aren't completely comfortable. So something to make you laugh, that's first. Then um, how or what in the city is a major issue to you that you would like to fix. So figure out the the problem and what's your solution? What are you gonna do to make this happen? What would you like to do? You can't do it by yourself, organized people. And in order to have organized people, you have to be a part of something greater than you, which means you have to be a part of a a group where you have to learn social skills and it's a, it's a multitude of things that, you know, ties into it. But it's it's just being willing and open to doing those things. Um, Diamond, can you talk a bit more about, like, some experiences that you've had with the, with the uh, organization uh, that are significant to you? Um, I was going... Okay. Um, specifically, I don't know. Talk about the action in the church basement. Which one? The one with um, Catherine Pugh. Oh, Lord. So just back up and explain why we had her there. 
Okay. So at the beginning of Catherine Pugh's campaign, well, Mayor Pugh um, campaign, we discovered some things in her, uh, uh, what is the proper term for it? The, oh my goodness, the budget. Mm-hmm. In her budget, we found some things in her budget that she didn't know was going on. We found things, youth found things. So that means that we were researching for months to figure out what the budget was, um, how it works, because you, you don't know these things. We have to ultimately be taught and yeah, so on and so forth. But the stuff that she said that she was going to do, it wasn't reflecting in her budget. So we had an assembly, a call to action assembly, which we basically stood in front of her literally went through all of the factual evidence nothing was opinion based everything was strictly research and straight to the point and in between uh one of our youth's speaking parts she interrupted very rudely and you know it just showed the perspective to the voters in the room of what what to expect with this campaign, I will say that much. And with this term. We were really disappointed because on the campaign trail, she had always promised more funding for rec centers and after-school programs. And as, as Diamond studied the budget, and others studied the budget, being taught by city council people mm-hmm. on, um, on Sunday afternoons, we just discovered yeah. millions of dollars that weren't going to be there, that actually was a cut. And um, and teenagers are mad and wanted to hold her accountable. Um, so for me, when I think about the work we did that year, that was really an important an important pivot and milestone. Yeah, and just youth being on the chopping block in general. Like, we are the first ones to be on the chopping block. Why? Because at the end of the day, like, we can't really say too much of anything about the changes. It's up to our parents, it's up to the the different organizations and the different adults who we are allegedly supposed to reach out to, but if they don't allow us to talk to them, they don't allow us to express how we feel or the things that we want, then how does that, that help us? You see what I'm saying? And helping us moving forward. And that goes back to the cause and effect thing that I was talking about earlier, as far as it starts with as something as simple as uh, activity or some type of interest that you like, expanding onto something bigger than what you can ever imagine to do with that little small interest. See what I'm saying? So in terms of this election, what is uh, No Boundaries uh, doing right now? Right. So No Boundaries, the larger organization, has been engaged in a major get-out-the-vote campaign, mm-hmm. um, and that involves um, registering new voters some high school students, returning citizens especially. Um, And then also today, in fact, hosting poll parties. Because what we know is that if we can make voting a civic affair that's fun, where we can really talk about democracy, then we can really start to engage people in the process. So No Boundaries hosted a poll party two Saturdays ago during early voting and took voters from the party place 
to um, University of Maryland Baltimore's Community Engagement Center to have people vote there. And then again today um, in uh, 1808 Pennsylvania Avenue, they're having another poll party. All of these poll parties have been sponsored by Baltimore Votes, which is an organization that really thinks that if you can get young people voting early, it becomes a lifelong habit. And so we really wanted to increase voter participation. I, I'm 100% certain Morgan had a really great Baltimore Votes party because I saw the poster, um, but there are 70 happening around the city today to get people excited out to vote and know that you have your rights, that your vote can be your voice. One of our, one of my colleagues in Southwest Baltimore said voting's our superpower. Um, and so that's part of this, is to get you to flex your superpower on this kind of day. So No Boundaries is committed to that. And then a whole other group of um, resident-led organizations around the city are Communities United, Black Girls Vote, Out for Justice, uh, No Boundaries, Build. Southwest Partnership. These are all organizations that really have a big stake. So these are all nonpartisan efforts. But then there are people like Diamond who are out there in the rain um, campaigning for individuals that they really believe in. And so trying to activate young people is uh, is one of our big, one of the big activities, I think, of this, uh, of this midterm. It's also pretty exciting to see the increase in early voting, especially among young people. Are there any particular changes that you would like to see, like any effects of this elections that you were hoping for to see in Baltimore? Right. Well, for me personally, the ballot initiatives are some of the most important ones. Um, I do believe in electoral politics, and I believe in having um, uh, elected officials who are accountable to people and who work to undo racial suprem white supremacy in the city. Um, but for me, the ballot initiatives are the thing right now. Question one about um, fixing the casino funds, the money that's been siphoned off, I think is really important. Um, I don't want to have our water privatized. That's another really important issue that we're focused on, having affordable housing, um, how we invest again in our rec centers and in our great civic spaces. These are all things that are really important to me. So the ballot initiatives of what I've really been studying on and trying to help voters learn about with a nonpartisan voter guide. I'm just sharing a little of my own take on it, mm -hmm. um, but the work that we do is really nonpartisan and we don't take positions publicly on certain issues. But in Diamond's private life, she's been working for uh, an individual so, Diamond, uh, how would you describe Baltimore to someone who doesn't live here? Mm. A city of hidden treasure. Why hidden treasure? Hmm. We do not use the tools that we are given. We are one of the cities that have the most universities in it one of the most universities in the city. We, I feel like we don't network with each other enough. Maybe, you know, it's just you walking down the street and saying hi to a person that you may walk past and get coffee in the morning with or may walk past and go to school and you just see them, say hi, you know. Get to know that person because, I mean, you consistently see them. They consistently see you. You know, at some point, you that's a familiar face. So network. Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel like the the hidden treasure is the the mindset, the drive. Um, Baltimore breeds different. I'll say that. We breed different because of the things that we are subjected to see. It is a city of a wide spectrum of things going on. Things going on. I'll say that again. Things going on everywhere in all different neighborhoods at all different times. Um, with that being said, you're exposed to all different things at all different times, all different elements, and it can have a toll on a person in a good way, in a empowering way, in all different kinds of ways. And I think that is where the hidden treasure is. And what would you like to see Baltimore become? Um, more unified, if anything. How is it that we are having these... Um, these mass shootings and babies, innocent bystanders, are getting hit. Like, that's where it needs to start. And then, you know, realistically, our education. Like, you got to think about it in different layers, the world in different layers. Because ultimately, adults have to worry about all different kinds of things. Their children, work you know, home, whatever uh, whatever um, personal things they have going on that they allow in. And sometimes the child gets left behind or gets mixed up in it to the point where as though, you know, everything is clearly seen, but it's not clearly seen. H have you talked to your child and figured out what, how they feel, what's going on with them? How was their day? What did they do in school today? Are they telling you the truth? Are they telling you the truth? Did they go to school today? Who do they hang out with? What are their interests? Yeah, I just wanted to add, Peggy, when you ask uh, how would I describe Baltimore to somebody who doesn't live here, I'd say we're mighty and flawed. <laughs> um, and I always say, always, always say that um, I believe that we can actually live up to our bus stop promises, that we can be the greatest city in America because we've ha we have some of the greatest problem solvers. And I don't know that we're always super aware of this even in Baltimore, but we have super mighty young people who could lead the way on lots of issues. NEO is one organization. Jubilee Arts is another, the youth and business program there. Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle the Baltimore Algebra Project. Um, um, yeah. there, we have a tremendous wealth here. Um, and Our Dream Foundation, his yeah. youth program. It's just Him being yeah. a co-founder, which is Dr. Johnny Graham. Our Dream Foundation on Instagram. So I think we just have extraordinary talent here that's under the age of 25. And I think people like me... Um, should really stand back and um, and have young people lead the way. I also so in addition to thinking we're mighty and flawed, I have this. I also think we have an amazing art scene here, um, and I look at nationally prominent artists like um, Amy Sherald. I think what um, Emmanuel Moss has done. Um, 
um, with his um, Secretary of Shade is incredible, the kind of ways in which he's getting people excited about politics and also being an amazing, silly rapper. Um, and I think people like Diamond coming out of Baltimore Design School and starting her own business and winning um, entrepreneurial contest um, and making some really great fashion along the way. I think this is part of all the hidden, hidden treasures, things that we don't see and that we certainly don't see when our mayor calls kids thugs. Um, <laughs> I like the way you put that. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again for the people that wasn't listening. Say that again. <laughs> for the back of the room? Yes. Yeah, when our mayor calls people thugs. And not our current mayor, but when our former mayor called kids thugs, it belies, really, the hidden treasures and the mighty and flawed nature of the city. So you shouldn't have had to explain it. They should have quoted that the second time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so one final question for the both of you. Um, what do you want to say to young people who haven't voted yet today? Why haven't you voted? What what do you think is going to happen that – what is the difference? Do you know why people vote? Like, do you know the the history of it? Like, really? Like, really? Do you even care? Because people fought in many different ways and still fight, and people endure all these different kinds of things just – to have an open window for different um, different perspectives and hands to enter, and we we close it unwillingly. Like, nah, I don't want to do it. Why? Because somebody told you that that's what it was? Everybody's saying that. And then you got people going around who is doing it. Think about why your grandparents do it, your, your great-grandparents, you know. And if they're not, why why is that the case, you know? Think about the mindset. Think about what do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be in life? Like, where do you want to be? And is that is that the, the reality of what you're doing, you know? Because every cause has an effect. Um. <clears throat> So I love what you said, Diamond, and I love that you're really talking to like the people who are eligible to vote today, 18 and older. Yeah. If I could talk to anybody, I'd want to talk to the 10 to 18-year-olds and say, you know what, we have political power too, and you can register to vote in the city and mm -hmm. in the state when you're 16. Mm -hmm. You all registered before you were 18, yep. and I'd invite you to start tomorrow, November 7th, starting to hold our elected officials accountable. You don't need to be a voter in order to make social change. Mm -hmm. And some of our best movements, some of our best youth-led movements in this city actually don't have anything to do with voting. So 10 to 18-year-olds can get on it with us tomorrow. Love to have you come along to a No Boundaries House meeting. Um, and also just start to plug in because we all have the ability to try and make a change in, outside of the ballot box. So young people who even aren't registered to vote yet, we can we can have a say in how mm -hmm. we want things to be. We really don't understand the, the upper hand that we have. Our generation, I was actually talking to my Uber driver earlier, right? And she was talking about like um, the 29 year olds, that generation, what the difference between the focuses of my generation, which I'm 18 and her generation um, did. And she was telling me like, we're more innovative and we're more willing to do daring things like, you know, start companies and go out on limbs and take big risks. 
And she said it was because of the Internet, which I completely agree with. It shows you and gives you so many different things, and that's all we really know. So, of course, we have used it to the best of our ability. If you use it in the right way, you can make some money. And that's real. Thank you so much. And can we, uh, for people who would like to find you on social media, where can they find you? So for NEO, which is No Boundaries Youth Organizers, we are on Instagram at NBYO underscore. Once again, that is No Boundaries Youth Organizers at on Instagram at NBYO underscore. And for my company, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at B-L-O-U-L-Y-F-E. Once again, that is B-L-O-U-L-Y-F-E. Thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for your time. Thanks. Thanks a lot.